Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Specht. Hello. So this week, Derek, we're changing things up a bit from our regular show. Uh, usually we have a couple of um, couple of topics that we discuss, and uh, you know, you throw in a couple of commercials and a couple of blibber blabber stuff in there. Just couldn't narrow it down. Just couldn't narrow it down this week. <laughs> Tonight so is just going to be a giant... Eclectic mix of A giant everything. conversation of everything. Yeah. Mishmash. It's going to be stuff you want to hear about, and it's going to be stuff you don't want to hear about. <laughs> For instance, Derek, tell us about goats. Goats. <laughs> I was expecting the, uh, what's new, Derek? What's new, Derek? <laughs> well, what's new is that I What's came, new is goats. I came across a story. It's, uh, it's from, it's from out west, and, uh... Somebody's doing a study on, uh, an- <laughs> now here's a word for you, anthropogenic salt licks. Say that 10 times real fast. Anthropogenic. I'm not going to say it 10 times. <laughs> <laughs> Unless we need to kill some time. But uh, anthropogenic means human originating. So it's a human salt lick, basically. So people go pee in the woods, mountain goats come down and use that as a salt lick because people pee out salt. <laughs> Anyways, interesting fact... People use these as study guides and they... <laughs> <laughs> I told you, it's going to be stuff maybe you want to hear, maybe you don't want to hear. Anyways, the uh, uh, people studying uh, the mountain goats and, you know, whatever, they, they noticed that uh, the mountain goats would, like, use these human-originating origina- uh, salt licks and they... whatever. And so this tends to be in the front country, right? And uh, so they <clears throat> they were doing a study to see how you know, nervous or whatever, they're they're testing the mountain goat's reaction to humans and threats and dangers, and they just decided, they, so they would go and pee in the woods, and the goats would come down and lick the pee, and then they would dress up in grizzly bear costumes. And, you know, like, this just sounds like a really whacked bunch of people, but apparently... I think I've seen this movie on the internet. <laughs> So anyways, these guys would, would go off and uh, dress up as grizzly bears and go scare the goats. <laughs> They'd pop out of the woods, try and scare the goats in grizzly bear costumes. And well, so they were trying to see, so they would scare the goats in the backcountry, like way deep in the backcountry, and the goats would like race up a mountain place, right? So these mountain goats, they were really good at climbing. <laughs> and so they would go really far, but then they, and as part of the study, they found that in the front country where they're used to seeing people and they're used to, more used to these uh, human salt licks, they, they would only just kind of go a couple hundred yards and they would kind of size up the bear and they wouldn't be as stressed about the bears. So they, they, they <laughs> I, I keep trying to picture some guy peeing in the woods and then dressed dressing as up as a bear. <laughs> just like, <laughs> things up with these things. Somebody's being paid to think I, I know, That's they what get I'm paid saying. for this. You're getting paid to dress up. Now, you know, my question is, these people that are doing the hikes, do they ever feel like they're being stalked by mountain goats just waiting (laughs) Waiting for them to whip one out and take a pee? (laughs) (laughs) Go pee. (laughs) Oh, this is going to be a good show. (laughs) Oh, I couldn't, I just couldn't wait to share that. That was the funniest story I saw. (laughs) And, and honest to God, this is true. I'm sure it started this, as a this, fetish or something. I don't yeah. know. Some guy at a uh, at a university said, "How can I work this and get paid for it?" It's something I do anyway. Yeah, I mean, dress up as a bear, I stalk mountain goats, and I pee. This. If you Google that, you're going to find it on the internet, and it's true. Yeah, it's there. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all true. downhill from here. <laughs> so that's what's new, eh, Derek? That's what's new. <laughs> well, you know what else is new? We touched we touched base on this before. Uh, we've talked about ticks and stuff like that. There is a tick out there that's turning people vegan. Yes, yes. It's You get bit by this tick, and you can't eat meat. So... <laughs> Isn't it the strangest thing? Like, that's horrifying. That's that's like, you know, back in the 70s, we, everybody used to be afraid of the next venereal disease that would come out and looking for the next shoe to drop. And now it's like with ticks, it's like another Tick thing disease. with ticks. How is that possible? And how can they turn you vegan? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think like maybe PETA's behind this. <laughs> yeah, maybe. 
you know. But I guess what it is is the bacteria that the tick transfers into you. It gets into your body, and what it does is it causes you to become allergic to the, the large protein chains that you find in red meat. Yeah. So what it is is you suddenly cannot digest properly red meats because your body suddenly becomes incapable of, of dealing with the, the long protein chains. Wow. That's, and I don't know, and from everything I've read, I don't know if there's a cure for this. I don't know if they do the normal... Uh, the normal, uh, Lyme disease treatment where you, uh, have so many days of this, uh, I, the, the medication is originally designed for teenagers and, uh, acne and they found out that it's really good for the bacteria if that the, uh, that the ticks transfer to you, right? Anyways, uh, like this is such a strange thing. You become allergic to meat, to red meat. Uh, the next, the next thing you're going to hear next summer there's going to be a new tick out. You get bitten and your arm falls off. <laughs> or your eyes pop. Your eye pops out. Yeah, your ear, like, yeah. ears start to bleed. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, you know, you're, you're thinking, okay, well, it doesn't get, because the last thing we talked about was the Powassan virus, right? Yes. The ticks throwing yeah. out the Powassan virus there. Well, now, yeah. How now messed up is that? Well, that's way beyond messed up. I, I like a steak. <laughs> I like eating steak. <laughs> now, I wonder if it transfers to, is it just red meat or does it like, because uh, what, uh, milk, like, and the, the greater the, like the whole milks and stuff, yeah. they have longer protein. Yeah, I just heard, and... I just heard about the meats. Yeah. So, so you can have your, you can have your really Wheaties s- in the morning. Yeah. But you just can't have that steak sandwich at lunch. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> it's all I mean... downhill from here. <laughs> and that just goes along what we talked about before. We're all going to die. Yeah. We're yeah. all going to die. Yeah. Just now we're going to starve to death because we yes. can't eat meat. <laughs> well, talking about about things that make you go ooh, let me ask you this question: spiders or snakes? Which do you prefer? <laughs> now you're asking the question wrong. What do you mean? Do I prefer? Which do you prefer? If you had to have one near you, on you, right next to you, threatening you, close to you, one you're going to kick or smack? Am I in Canada or am I in Australia? <laughs> Because well, Australia, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're you're buggered either way. Um, Canada, just if you're if you're on a on a, a canoe trip or kayaking trip for the day, or you just on a paddleboard zipping up, you know, the local river or something, and you stop to have a nice little snack, and um, there's something beside you. Would you rather it be a snake? In my experience, and from coming across spiders and snakes in Canada, and I came across quite a few this summer, snakes tend to freeze or run away. Really? Yeah. I've never seen a snake run. <sighs> Slither away. <laughs> <laughs> hikes up his skirt and guess them legs are going. <laughs> so t- snakes tend to take off, right? They, they're, they're very, they're very, uh, they're very wary of being harmed or, or being prey, right? Yeah. Whereas spiders, like I, I've seen spiders uh, kind of rear up and wave his little legs at me. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> just waving high. Oh, and you saw the picture from mine and, and Mike Burns trip where we had the giant dock spider in, yeah. in front of the canoe. Oh, yeah. That thing was as big as the handle. I've had my hand on a rock in the canoe just resting against the side while yeah. we're waiting for people to come up to off of portage or something. Yeah. We're up a river beside us or something. And like you look at the rock and there's one of those big spiders like yeah. inches from your hand. Because you don't see it when you... They're like a couple inches across. Yeah. Those things are massive. So I would think that I would... Because there's... Now, in Canada, we're pretty we're pretty safe as far as snakes go, right? We have the Massasauga Rattler. Yeah. Which, is, it, it's one of the... We don't really have dangerous snakes. There's a few minor... Like, there's nothing that, that you would find, like, you know, a diamondback rattlesnake down the States or anything like that. So they're they're relatively safe here. Relatively. Relatively. Well, I think it's a rather tricky question. <laughs> is it? It is. <laughs> Have you um, seen the, uh, what is it, the huntsman spider from Australia? Oh. That yeah. thing is nuts. Yeah. Yeah. No, no thanks, man. No thanks. So my thing, th- the reason I say it's a tricky question is because, I mean, yeah, not all snakes are going to try to bite you, but they're fast. They they're going to come at you. If they're threatened, they're coming at you. Would they? Oh, yeah. I hope not. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. You can't outrun a snake, man. You're going to be running across the ground like a little girl screaming. My legs and he's are longer. A, he's, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but 
there's one. We were up. Oh, was it Pancake Bay? It was either Pancake Bay Provincial Park or Grundy. Um, and we got this little endangered, threatened species card. Yeah. And one was a snake. And I'm reading it while sitting in our campsite out of the sun because I had a nat- It would have been Pancake Bay because I had a really nasty sunburn. Yeah. Um, in the shade of this big tree, pine tree, I do believe it was. And it says, these snakes like to hang out in pine trees. <laughs> Let me guess. You looked up. I looked up. No, I didn't look up. I just got the heck out of there. <laughs> I'm not sitting there. I'm going to go sit inside. So, you know, if you just happen to be walking by and one of these are in a tree at your head level, right? <laughs> you happen to brush by, he's going to think you're attacking him. Spiders, you can swat. However, if you miss him and he falls, you don't you know, know where, where he is. is. <laughs> where <laughs> did that spider go? <laughs> He's going to be upside your shirt and yeah. <laughs> you're doing a little dance trying to sweat. I'm sleeping where, in the bathtub tonight. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah. And, and they could be sneaking up on you. You wouldn't even know it. In your tent, that sort of thing. Um, I don't like either. And, and usually I'm, I'm the one that says, yeah, you know what? I, I would take the spider. In Canada, I think I'd take the spider over the snake. Just because I know the spiders out this way aren't really going to do my... And a snake just gives me the willies. Well, see, there's... I just looked it up. The eastern Massasauga rattlesnake is the only venomous snake in Ontario. Yeah. And they're over in Georgian Bayway. Yes. So, you know, that's why we went camping there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just... Hey, let's go where the snakes hang out. Because well, I don't like snakes. Think about what the Australians have to deal with. Like, everything kills them there. Like, there's just so many poisonous this, that, and the other. It's like... I, I don't even know why they have Australia still. I don't know how like, people they just like, there. sink it. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's going to kill you. Just pull the plug. Other things yeah. sink. So, you're a snake guy? Well, I wouldn't you, call you'd, myself a snake no, guy. No, but you'd I'm, rather have the snake. I'd rather, I'd rather have the spider. Snakes are kind of neat. Me kids, me and the kids kept, we chased down snakes this summer. Yeah, see, it's because you're chasing them that when I walk by next time, he goes, oh, there's another human. I'm getting him first. <laughs> yeah, thanks, buddy. It's all your fault. Well, we never tried to catch them, just so the kids could see them. Right? All right. Now, Stella I, loves snakes. The two of them, like every time we saw a snake, we would go up, run up and just stare at it and they would sit there and flick its tongue at you and... Mostly, put, mostly put, garter snakes, though. Yeah. Uh, well, have you ever seen the water, the northern water snakes? No. Yeah. Oh, me and Mike saw one. It was, we think it was a Massasauga rattler. It was, uh, it was, uh, it's just his head was above the water. It was a big, in a big puddle and it was just sitting there. Do they swim? Yes. They're water snakes. They tend to be water snakes. I've really? seen, I've seen Massasauga rattlers before on river systems and they, they just, they cruise around in the water. I'm giving up canoeing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Me and Mike saw quite a few, uh. Well, on the 150 for 150, we saw, we had two different snakes that lived in our campsite. So every day we went down to the water to get our food bag that was hanging in the tree. The two snakes lived under a rock under that tree. Really? So every single day we saw them a couple times a day, just peeking out of that rock or... Like you know, garter snakes. I think they were. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what you see the most of. Yeah. 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 Now, I'm, I'm not a big snake person. I think I'd take spiders over snakes any day. Um... Spiders will lay eggs in your ears. No, those are hair wigs. <laughs> Little bugs with hairdos. <laughs> uh, what's the next thing on the list here? Bugs. Let's talk bugs. Bugs. Oh my goodness. Nasty bugs. this year. They, they, I, I mean, everybody every year people talk it. about how bad they are, but this year seems to but be a bit I've nastier than. I've never experienced bugs so bad. Like I actually used wore a bug jacket this year. I've never worn a bug jacket before. I bought. The original bug shirt yeah. to take with us because we were heading north. I thought, you know what? I better buy one just in case. I've, you know, I always say I'm going to buy one and I never do. So I got one this year. And um, when we were, we were up uh, on our cross Canada trip there, we hit Hearst and the bugs were so bad. Now, I mean, living up in Moosonee, I'm used to this sort of thing, but the family wasn't. Yeah. But they were just... You know, the mosquitoes, the black flies, mm-hmm. like the black flies were out in hordes, the deer flies the, and all that, like just huge. They were so bad. And the mosquitoes, we hit the uh, Winnipeg, even the mosquitoes, oh, yeah. Yeah. just horrendous. Um, yeah. I, I haven't seen a bug year like this in a while. 
Yeah, it's 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 the worst I've ever experienced, and and I normally I don't like bugs that much in the first place. That's why I like to camp in the fall, but I also normally can just I just deal with it, right? It's, yeah. Uh, but this year it was uh, it was way beyond anything I've experienced before. I when we were up on Booth Lake this year with the family, we I, there was one point where I went to a, a freshwater uh, stream to get water for camp. Yep. And. I was running back from that stream. It was they were so bad. They were just they just inundated me. It was I had so many bites just from that one trip alone. Well, you've gone out and you've bought something now. Yes, I did. It was uh Explore magazine was posting about it today and uh they they announced it to uh, uh Live the Adventure Club. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a light. It's rechargeable light with a bug zapper on top. So I I bought one of those today. So it's like, yeah, hey, that's kind of cool. You must have, you must have had your parents must have had one of those bug zappers. They glow blue, and the bug flies into it and it explodes. No, but we used to watch the neighbors have them, and I know my grandparents would go camping at a cottage a couple of times, and uh, other cottages would have them. And you're just waiting for something to fly in, just to watch. Yeah, how... there's no greater <coughs> joy than to watch a, a bug just explode. Explodiate. Yeah. So. I'm pretty excited about having one of those. It uh, it runs 15 hours on a charge for you know, with the bug thing, or if you just use the light, it's 20 hours with just the light. So it's a little personal bug zapper for the backcountry. So you set it up in camp, the bugs go towards it because they're attracted to the light, and uh, zaps them all and should reduce the amount of bugs that you have around you. you you'll never reduce them all, right? You're always going to have some bugs. Well, because, you know, you're in the outside. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> that's... Yeah. Usually where bugs come yeah. from. I guess you could buy about two or three dozen of them and set them up all around camp. All around camp, just make a giant wall or like a globe. <laughs> a globe of bug yeah. zappers. Yeah, and you sit in the middle of them. Yeah, not going anywhere. <laughs> Trying to avoid the smoke from the fire that's coming in your face no matter where you yeah. sit. Yeah. Because, you know, that happens. What are you supposed to say when the bug smoke goes in your face? Rabbit, rabbit, rabbit or something to chase the smoke away? I don't know. I usually say a lot of S words <laughs> and F words and... <laughs> Words I'm not supposed to yes, say. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, you have to let us know how that uh, bug zapper works. Yeah, I'm and, uh, excited to try that out. It'll be great for the kids because, unfortunately, the kids are like, they're four and seven, so bugs just love them, right? And you should have seen that bug bites on those poor kids. We came back with it looked like they had the plague or something. Like they they had so many red dots on them. It was unbelievable. Oh, it's all fresh meat, buddy. Fresh yeah, meat. exactly. Um. So when you go backcountry camping, yeah. You sit around some days when it's raining or you're just relaxing, stuff like that. Rest days type thing. Do you whittle? I do whittle. Have you ever whittled something that actually came out like you wanted it to and was actually useful? My answer, no. (laughs) My answer would be yes. What'd you make? And well, see, every trip I always carve a stir stick and I used to collect them. (laughs) And I- I just pick a stick off the ground. Yeah, there's my stir stick. Yeah. Well, I use no carving involved. I've carved spoons. I've carved spatulas. I've carved all kinds of stuff. And one time, I actually I took a, it was a large chunk of I can't remember what kind of tree it was, but it was like a, a maple chunk or something, right? I carved a. Uh, it was each end had a chunk of wood, but in the middle was three links of chain, like an actual wooden chain. Why? It was. I was something it was, to do. It was a solo trip, and it rained a lot. Yeah, so you're so just I being carved. creative. I just carved a chain. My fingers were so sore after that trip from carving. <laughs> <laughs> and he's never carved again. <laughs> Alrighty. So, yeah, no, you know what? I, I tried carving a spoon once. Um, I can't even begin to tell you what it ended up looking like. <laughs> a spoon would not be what I would say. <laughs> If I, if I held it up and said, what was this? You would look at it and go... A stick. A stick. <laughs> <laughs> it's a skinny spoon. <laughs> when you're camping or ca- yeah, you're doing your backcountry, yep. tripping, stuff like that, your favorite thing to cook in tin foil over the fire? Fish. How do you do it? I, I'd like to put some butter, salt, pepper, squirt a lime... And uh, just a couple layers of tinfoil and just let it simmer on low heat. And the lemon really brings out the flavor of the Lemon of the or fish. lime? I've tried lime. I prefer lemon. Okay. It, the lemon, I find lemon better. Lime has a, has a very 
a more acidy taste to it and it, it has a more gives more taste whereas the lemon brings out the flavor of the fish yeah. and lime adds flavor to the fish yeah uh usually i'll do like especially trout yeah head tail yeah. guts gone yeah just put a couple layers like some slices of lemon some mm-hmm. slices of onion salt yeah. pepper some butter wrap it all up sit it on the yes over the coals yeah. flip it sit it over the coals and then you take it and it all just oh be absolutely beautiful I love it doing, doesn't get any yeah, better. Yeah, I love that. just throwing stuff in the coals, like, and I've done that. Like, a, you throw a like a couple pepper, like a red, or green, or yellow peppers, all chopped up with a big red onion, and and some potatoes, and some mushrooms, and some maple syrup, and some salt and pepper, and let all of that brew with like a big chunk of butter. And oh. see, and that's something I learned <laughs> in Boy Scouts yeah. is you get the big piece of tin foil, you dice up the potatoes, yeah, chop up the onions. Salt, pepper, butter, wrap it all up tight like a little package, mm-hmm. and in it goes right, oh, on, right onto the coals. Yeah, so good, and it is. It comes out, and it's it's soft and mm-hmm. just absolutely delicious. You don't I mean, want to forget about it for though. Years. You don't want to forget. I've burned that before. It's like, oh no, uh, <laughs> these potatoes aren't so good anymore. <laughs> <laughs> They're stuck to the bottom. What is up with that? Um, desserts while camping. I've never done that. I don't do dessert. I got two, I mean, the one, everybody that s'mores. Okay. Well, then but I've done dessert. I, much to the disappointment, the dismay, the chagrin of my family members. Yes. I have sort of upped and bettered the process. Okay. So rather than, I mean, you know, the old process, you get your piece of cracker, your graham yeah. cracker, you get a piece of chocolate on there, you roast a marshmallow, you slap it on, you squeeze it off, you eat it, right? Mm-hmm. How often does that chocolate melt? Not often. Never. <laughs> Never. And that's the whole point of a s'more. A s'more, you're supposed to have melted chocolate, melted marshmallow, all together, gooey mess, yummy. Wrapped in tinfoil. No. You know what you do? What? You know, you go to the store and you get those aluminum turkey pans. Yep. They usually sell them two, two oh, yeah. together, right? Yeah. You get a package of two. On the bottom of one, you lay the bottom crackers. And it fits about nine to 12 crackers, graham crackers. So we're talking a lasagna of s'mores. Sort of. <laughs> then you put a, two, two pieces of like Hershey chocolate yeah. on each cracker. Yeah. Take a marshmallow, cut it in half. And then you lay the two halves on top of the chocolate. Okay. And then you put the cracker, the top cracker on. Okay. You put that second tin over top. So it looks like you've got a giant aluminum box. Yeah. And you put that over the the fire. Mm -hmm. The heat and everything. Yeah. Basically cooks it all. (laughs) And when you take that out, the chocolate is all runny and gooey. The marshmallows all runny and gooey, just like a s'more is supposed to be. (laughs) I don't care if it takes the fun out of you didn't get to roast a damn marshmallow, <laughs> but you are eating a proper s'more. <laughs> That's all I'm saying about that. So <laughs> I just got tired of watching, oh my God, this is so painful. You got to do the marshmallow and oh, the chocolate's not even melting. What's the point of that? And then I'm saying, well, you know what? I'm going to try. How and it I worked. fix this process? And you know what? Yeah, I improved a process that has been <laughs> since the dawn of time. <laughs> the other thing, strawberries and marshmallow. Now, I remember you telling me about that. I've never tried it. I saw this on the internet. Um, everything's on the internet. Everything's on the internet. I, I saw this and I, I had a look how it goes. And I'm thinking to myself, the next time I go camping, I'm trying this. We tried it at, um, uh, I can't remember which provincial, it was Saint, Saint something up, uh, just outside of Algonquin, south of Algonquin. Anyway, we were there camping for a few days and we got some nice big, mar- uh, strawberries. Yeah. You haul them. Right? So you don't get the green garbage. You put them on a marshmallow stick. Yeah. You can get marshmallow fluff. Oh, yes, In a yes. tub. You take a scoop of that with the knife and you spread it all over that okay. strawberry. Yeah. And then you roast it like it's a regular marshmallow. And that marshmallow on the outside gets all nice and toasty and warm. The strawberry inside gets toasty, warm, and so ridiculously juicy. <laughs> 
unbelievable. <laughs> and you can take that whole thing and put it in your mouth and just bite it. And it's like you get marshmallow, you get juicy, warm strawberry goodness. There is nobody I know that has eaten one of those and said, yuck. Everybody's just like, oh my God, give me a, give me a stick. <laughs> you got to try it. You got to try it. Absolutely fantastic. So, you know what? Let's take a quick break here. Um, before we do commercials there, we're going to put a little uh, a ditty on by our buddy Jerry Vandiver. This one's called Camp Coffee because we're talking food right now. Yes. Crawl out of the tent. First thing I do, fire up the pocket rocket, start the brew. Wait for a whiff of that wake-me-up aroma, and then I'm in a happy camper moment. With my hands around the mug, watching the mist rise, the first hot sip opening my eyes French press, ground fresh dipping bag, percolator Nescafe, gourmet special blend, you know I save time with my morning cup a camp coffee later tonight dinner's long gone Campfire started and the dishes are done. The blue mug's waiting with my caffeine fix. And a little extra something thrown into the mix. With my hands around the mug, watching the sunset, the first hot sip. How good can it get? Swiss miss, chocolate chip, dunk a little cookie in a gym. Irish cream, Maker's Mark, Amaretta, put it in my evening cup of camp coffee. Bear got the food, no problem. Lost the tent pegs, I can solve them. Holes in the tarp, that's easy to fix. Oh, but run out of coffee. It's the end of the trip Gotta have my hands around the mug Watching the mist rise The first hot sip Opening my eyes French press, ground fresh Dipping bag, percolator Nescafe, gourmet Special blend, you know a savor Swiss miss, chocolate chip Dunk a little cookie in a Jim Beam Irish cream Maker's Mark Amaretto It's all about me and my cup It's something that'll never give up Have a seat, I'll pour you a cup Of Camp Coffee Camp Coffee Camp Coffee Why yes, I believe I will have a second cup, sweetheart you'd never ask. Camp Coffee. Hey, darling, Camp why don't you come on over here and watch this sunset with me. You are listening to Paddling Adventures Radio on Reno Viola Outdoors. Do you enjoy getting on the water with a paddle in your hand? If so, this show's for you. Listen to Paddling Adventures Radio every Wednesday at 6 a.m. and 6 p.m., and see what's happening in the world of paddle sports. Paddling Adventures Radio. Whether you're close to home or far away, grab a paddle and get on the water. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. 
fishing, hunting, boating, and the rest of the great outdoors 24-7, 365 on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Download the free Reno Viola's Outdoor Radio app or visit WRVORadio.com online. Welcome back. That was uh, Jerry Vandiver, uh, Camp Coffee, that you heard just before our, our commercials there. Uh, I'd suggest you go check on iTunes. He's got a few CDs about um, paddling and stuff like that. He's, he's some, some pretty good songs on there. Check him out on iTunes. Google him, Jerry Vandiver, and, and uh, find out what he's uh, up to. And interestingly, he uh, listens to our show. He's a fan of our show. He does, and he lets us use the, his songs in our show. He's more than happy to do that. Anything to promote... Uh, Tripping and paddling, yeah. he's good with, which is cool. So a big shout out to uh, Jerry Vandiver and uh, his music. Um, so we're talking food, we're talking camp coffee. i got yep. one last food question for you. Okay. Snacks. Snacks. When you're out day tripping or long portage tri- <clears throat> trips, do you have a certain snack you like to bring with you? If it's a full-on trip, like if it's just a weekend trip, then I kind of just bring some granola bars. I don't really, I'm not really big on the food thing, but if it's a long trip and I know it's going to be long portaging and, and long sections of water and I know I need the energy, I, I eat for the energy on those trips, not for the delicious snacks. But yeah. what I'll do though is uh, I make my own trail mix. So I'll go and, and I'll select a bunch of salty like uh, cashews and stuff like that. And I'll mix in different nuts and sunflower seeds. And I also add jujubes and uh, chocolate bits, like uh, little broken up chocolate bar pieces or whatever, right into the into the mix. Yeah, bulk barn <clears throat> is your friend when it comes to stuff like this. And that's what, yeah, that's what I yeah. do. If I'm going for like a day trip or something like that, yeah, maybe a couple of granola bars. Yeah, I don't, I find I do not eat a ton when I'm out on the water. Or even like camping. Yeah, as a neither whole. do I. Yeah, I, I don't sit there. If if it's a rain day and I'm sitting around camp, I find I munch a you lot snack more. A lot, yeah. But if I'm out on the day, you know, you're you're paddling, you're going <clears> from <throat> lake to lake to lake, that sort of thing, you know, moving camp. Yeah. I don't eat a whole ton. I. But if it's a big trip, though, I do. Even if, if I'm not hungry, I make a point of saying, okay, I'm going to take a snack at the first of the barrage yeah. at the end, just to keep my energy up. Yep. Because if you if you know you got eight hours of paddling and portaging, you want to be able to make it to the end. So I, I kind of schedule in my head food breaks, even regardless of if I'm hungry or not. Yeah, well, if I'm doing a long trip, I make my own trail mix uh, from Bulk Barn, different nuts and stuff like that. Yeah. But I usually add like chocolate-covered peanuts, chocolate-covered raisins or M&Ms, yeah. just to get that little sweet bit as well. Yeah, exactly. Day tripping, sometimes I'll just bring a small lunch or something like nothing fantastic Yeah. on that. Um, speaking of tripping, let's talk David Lee, the passionate paddler for a minute here. <laughs> yes, yes. We, we like he to, just got back from a big trip. He, yeah, they, they did the uh, Mountain River yep. way up in the Northwest Territories there. <clears throat> um, there was four of them that went and, uh, we like to knock David, um, out of, out of some good fun. Uh, cause apparently he's more on the portaging side of things when it comes to <laughs> canoe trips. And I'm, don't know if he does it on purpose or if it's just a case of he can't win for trying, but it seems to be that the routes he plans, uh, the water seems to dry up. The levels seem to go down whenever mother nature knows he's coming by. So lately we were chatting and it's been suggested that he, instead of going on canoe trips, that he does a backpack trip, but he takes a canoe with him because, you know, if he goes on a backpack trip, the trails are probably going to be flooded. Yeah. He'll have lots of water. Yeah. So (laughs) (laughs) that's all we're going to say about that. Uh, But speaking of trips as well, Canada 150th birthday this year. And it seems to me, I know like eight groups of people. Yes. That have headed out on these epic trips this year. Yeah, people have, and I think it's, it's, uh, everybody's kind of got their blood up and got their minds rolling over the last year because we've been preparing for Canada's 150th. So everybody's been really excited about participating and there's been a lot of a canoe this, canoe that. There were, so it's, it's, uh, I think it's, it's kind of in our blood to do stuff like this. And everybody really ramped up their plans to make a point of going and doing some big, huge trip for yeah. Canada's 150th. I mean, I don't know how many people I know that have headed to the Northwest Territories and the Yukon. Yeah. And then you know, Northern Northern Ontario doing like 
12, 13, 14 day trips, yeah. you know, stuff like that, which is, was awesome. Yeah. I mean, we drove out to the Rockies and back. Yeah. You know, you, 17 you day trip Canada. and yeah, we canoed all across Canada. Not like Mike Ranta, who's actually canoeing across Canada. Yes, yes. We had a little bit of vehicular help. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait till the 175th birthday of Canada. I know. That's going to be awesome. <laughs> Speaking of Mike Ranta, he's, uh, he's really delayed in his trip, isn't he? Yeah, they got hammered on uh, Lake Winnipeg there. Uh, I, I think he's about a month behind now. Yeah. He's, 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 he's had some really rough weather. Time. Yeah, they'd go out and, there, well, there's a, I know there's a few days, they just could not get on that water. Yeah, he's been windbound, yeah. Yeah, so hopefully he's going to make up some time and... Uh, Hopefully things work out for him, but yeah. we'll keep an eye on him. We're going to do an up, update on him as well. Uh, we're waiting for him to get out this way because we're going to set up and do a little um, show with him, do an interview yeah. with him live and in person. Him and David Jackson, his photographer friend yes. that's going with him. Yes, That'll be exciting. A uh, question for you. <laughs> going okay. back to the land of goats. Okay. Sort of in the things you might not want to know. Yeah. Have you ever run out of toilet paper on a trip or forgotten <laughs> it on a day trip? You're making this a topic. <laughs> I'm making everything a topic today because it's topic day. No, I've never run out of toilet paper. I think I have when I was a kid. Back as a kid, uh, you, you use leaves and stuff. I've never had to use leaves. <laughs> I've never, never had to use leaves. Never use poison ivy. Bad never, idea. never. Nope. <laughs> you know what? And that is one of the things that I'm always Double, triple, quadruple, sextuple, sextuple, septuple, octuple. What's nine? People, nine tuple checking. You know, I don't know how often, though, you often find people have left a roll at the Thunderbox on a campsite. Yeah, yeah I've, I've, I see that uh, a lot. I've seen that. Um, but the, yeah, that's just one thing I always make sure. Even if I'm going on a day trip with my backpack, yeah. you know, just throwing a day pack in the canoe and going somewhere, there's always some TP in the bottom of that. Because <laughs> I don't want to be stuck out there and thinking, oh, hello, Mr. Maple Leaf. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, there is a story I could tell you. It involves someone I know and a now long forgotten pair of underwear. But I don't think I could get through that story without killing myself laughing. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't want to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think the listeners want to hear it. Oh, trust me, dude. It's, it's, yeah, I couldn't get through it without killing myself laughing. <laughs> Write it down. Put it on the Facebook page. <laughs> so here's what happened. <laughs> um, emergency canoe repairs. Yes. So this topic, I this topic came up because we uh, we just recently watched. You know, this this film was made. The trip was done in 2012, 2013. They planned it in 2012, went in 2013, edited all the video, and it went to the Banff Mountain Film Fest and won quite a few awards. They 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 played the the movie at all these festivals, right? So these guys, it's uh, Paddle for the North. So it's, uh, they, they, they got this, this Canadian guy got together and he got a whole bunch of people from New Zealand and Quebec and everywhere. So there's six guys, six rivers, three canoes over two months. Two months, yeah. And it was to save the Peel watershed. So the Peel watershed in Yukon, right? So they, uh, there's, it's been threatened. The local government wants to develop 70% of it. Which is a huge a, amount. Yeah. yeah, and they've protected 80%. They, and then they reneged on that. Yeah. And then they said, yeah, we, you guys got to go with the, the uh, there was a, a treaty that said, yeah. you got to protect this. So a judge said, no, you guys have to leave it alone. Yeah. And then they appealed it. And then so another judge said, still, no, they can develop the, 80% if they want. I think want. it's still in the courts. It's still yeah. back and forth. Yeah, that's just So anyways, they want to develop this pristine watershed. Which natives are using... It's, they As their livelihood, yeah. they got to yeah. drink the water. They 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 hunt, they fish, mm -hmm. and they want to go up and develop and mine and and there's always one of one of the one of the people they talked to said there is always some sort of pollution when it comes to the developments like yes. that up there. Yeah, you can't get away from it. Yeah, well, come on, like if you're gonna mine, if you're gonna do any of that uh, that any of that rock breaking stuff, you're going to pollute. You cannot help it. Yeah. And it's just part of the business. Like you're going to, you're going to bust an axle, drop some oil, drop some grease. You're going to, you know, just the process of mining itself to break out the, if you're mining for gold, to break the gold out, you're using some really harsh chemicals and all that stuff. They have settling ponds that this stuff has to sit in. And 
it happens like once or twice a year. Somebody's settling pond breaks free and you dump all this stuff. Yeah. But anyway, so these guys, they get together and then what they're trying to do is bring attention to the Peel watershed to save the Peel watershed. So these, these six guys that paddle for the north and it's a 52 minute uh, documentary movie yeah. video. And it's, it's so interesting. Like it was, I've, I've already watched it twice now. You've watched it once. And uh, it, they actually bring two dogs with them. But one of the things that came to mind and, and I thought it would be interesting to bring up as a topic is during the trip, they they misjudged a set of rapids. The rapids were not bad. It was a very mild set of rapids. It was just something to play in. And the boat whacked into a, uh, a shelf of rock and it broke through and they took water into the canoe and they had to do a field repair to the canoe and and they were lucky that it wasn't worse they was uh they were able to repair it so it was like i pose a question like what sean what do you do to in the back country to in case you have damage to a canoe or a paddle or whatever right cry like a baby if it's my new one <laughs> um yeah i mean we've talked about things like this yeah. you know in groups like what are you going to do that sort of thing now i mean the standard thing is if you got the the uh, handy dandy repair kit which if you're on a trip like that i'm sure hoping you do yeah you know they they cleaned it up a bit and they heated it a bit put some glue in there and some duct tape and it seemed to do the job uh we've even talked about you know if you're if you have um sap and black spruce and whatnot around yeah you, you know you heat that up mix and, up the, and mix up that and just plaster it yeah doesn't matter if it looks good as long as you're because they i mean this is what 15 days or something into a into a 63 day trip. Yeah. So, you know, you're stranded so out you're, there. Like you could, you could bring in a plane and lift you out, but that's going to be a huge extra expense. Yeah. So, and it, it was an emergency situation. They just had a hole in the canoe it would have taken them, but they fixed it. And it just got me to think, and I, I, I often bring like, I have a, either my snack bottle with all my trail mix in it. I usually wrap it in duct tape and, and, uh, gorilla tape and stuff like that and i'll i'll have something like i can stitch up a canoe or i can tape it or whatever i always have something right yeah I, i've always got well one of my nail jeans has a whole bunch of duct tape around it yeah so that i can peel off as i if i need it yeah right so it, rather than taking a whole roll of duct tape yeah you know it's it's sitting right there but you got to be prepared for stuff like that because it's you know it's bound to happen somewhere well, along it, the line yeah you could do to be, if you can repair the canoe, it's going to save you from being stranded and calling in for help. Yeah. Right. Uh, but the other thing to deal with an emergency is trip flexibility. Yeah. And again, this movie brought that topic up because they, they actually started with 12 paddles. They, it ran into a flooding situation where the river, they had heavy, heavy rain. The river raised what, two meters in five yeah, hours? Yeah. Yeah, they yeah they went they went and had a snooze for five hours. They woke up and all of a sudden the river had just it was six feet deeper. Yeah, and, and so they had some paddles by the shore, which were now they, gone. Yeah, they lost five paddles in that flooding incident, so they were down to seven paddles with sick guys. And then while they were trying to deal with that situation and get down the get down the river, they uh, lost another paddle. So they didn't have a spare. They had six paddles, six guys. And they went through the process and they actually carved themselves yeah. a really rough paddle. But it, it was, uh, now they had a spare paddle, right? Yeah, it would have done the done the job had yeah. they so needed it. So it just makes you think, like, when it comes to contingencies, like, they, they actually, because it got so bad, they uh, they decided they took three days off. And that three days, they carved the paddle and they kind of recouped and get the got their heads back into the game. Because there's and, always that first moment of panic. Like, yeah. oh God, what are we going to do? We're screwed. And then you, you, you think about it and you think, okay, yeah. well, this is what our options are. These are, yeah. and you choose the best option yeah. and you go on with it. Right now, when we did talking about, you know, the flexibility part, we had spent uh, quite a while mapping our routes up through uh, Woodland Caribou a few years back. And, um, you know, this is the way we're going to go. We let everybody know this is our route. This is where we're going to get day one, day two, day three. You know, that's just, it's what you do. You know, yeah. safety and all yeah. and all that. Let us let the people know. And we got up there, and we were informed. You know, our our float plane takes off in you know forty five minutes. But just so you know, you can't go the route you were planning to because we've had people go through, and it is totally impassable. No, oh. you cannot get through at all. So you have to change your route. You have forty five minutes before we fly. Yeah, so we, we had to totally change our route, which, I mean, we, it was it was doable. Yeah. You know, he knew this was going to happen, so he already had a route ready to go. 
And we just needed to redo our maps and stuff. Yeah. Um, but you know, back home, everybody's watching, tracking us with the spot. Oh unit, yeah, yeah. And they're going, wait, 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 wait a minute. Something's going <laughs> wrong here. Now, when we got near the top, we, you know, we just had a detour a little ways, you know, for a few days and then we got back on track Yeah. and then everybody's sort of clicking it. Oh yeah. Something, something happened they, had they to couldn't detour. go the way they yeah. wanted, but they're back on track now. Yeah. And you got to be flexible. Things are going to happen and you definitely got to be ready for it. So... Um, yeah, a lot of people stress over, some people are inflexible in their, in their route planning. They, they can't really change gears. I find it exciting. I, I think there's a lot of adventure in it. And when, when I go with the guys from work, we go north of Sudbury, we always have a loose plan. It's like we could change at any moment. And some of the guys that have gone with us, they haven't gone again because of our loose plans for canoeing. And they mm-hmm. won't go with us because they, we, we don't, they think we don't plan well, but. We don't plan well on purpose. We like to have a flexible trip. Yeah. I mean, as long as you have a loose guideline of where you want to be. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be set in stone. No. I mean, the only time that is, is if you're making reservations per lake. Exactly. Like I'll go If you've got to be on this lake and you've got to be on that lake. Exactly. Then you've got no choice. Yeah. Um, So let's take another break here. And we're going to go in with a, another song by Jerry Vandiver, Headwind. And that'll take us some commercials and we'll come back and uh, say our goodbyes. Whitecaps rollers gonna tip over Middle of the lake and just my luck Clouds moving in and winds picking up No trees, no leaves, no breakers in sight Gonna be a sore back in camp tonight Whitecaps rollers gonna tip over Take the paddle down and square up the shoulders Keep it straight ahead and get a little lower It doesn't matter just where you're going North, south, east, west You're in the right direction If you have a headwind Dig a little more One good thing about the wind today You don't need a map To point the way Whitecaps rollers gonna tip over Dig the paddle down and square up the shoulders Keep it straight ahead and get a little lower It doesn't matter just where you're going North, south, east, west You're in the right direction If you have a headwind
steps, rollers, gonna tip over. Dig the paddle down and square up the shoulders. Keep it straight ahead and get a little lower. It doesn't matter just where you're going. North, south, east, west, you're in the right direction. If you have a headwind. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka and Halliburton. Fishing, hunting, boating, and the rest of the great outdoors 24-7, 365 on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Download the free Reno Viola's Outdoor Radio app or visit WRVORadio.com online. Well, I think that's about uh, it, Derek. The word of the day is what? Anthropogenic. That's right. Don't forget it. (laughs) Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening this week. It was a bit of a different show, that's for sure. A lot of topics covered and some stuff you wanted to hear and some you probably didn't need to hear. So, <laughs> uh, Be sure to check us out on paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can find our previous episodes there as well as other stuff. Find us on Facebook. Find us on Instagram and Twitter. And you can also find our episodes uh, on in iTunes and Player FM. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time. <laughs>